Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Hey there, everyone. Welcome here to Fightful Pro Wrestling. We are here to talk about WWE Money in the Bank. It's Denise Salcedo, and I'm joined by Righteous Reg. So welcome to the show, everybody. Reg, it's nice to be able to do a show with you here on Fightful. Hey, yo, we're doing a show on Fightful, a different company, some different pay-per-views. Like, look at us in this different setting, Denise. Could you ever imagine us here last Wednesday? <laughs> it's like an entirely different universe. Like, we go from one second of, like, talking about AEW on my channel, and the mm. next thing you know, we're here on Fightful, and we're talking about WWE. So it is a different universe that we're stepping into, but I can't wait to talk about today's show because yeah. Money in the Bank had a lot of surprises. Uh, mm. I think a lot of things that people weren't necessarily expecting so i'm really looking forward to just hearing what you have to say what everybody here in the chat has to say but yes. before we get into all of that uh please if you are here if you haven't already please make sure that you subscribe to fightful hit that subscribe button we are so close to 100,000 subscribers and if you want to get your questions or your comments or your hot takes right here on the show we want to know your reaction send in any super chats we will be reading them throughout the show you can also send in your humper chats and the link are is is in the chat what is it on here yeah here we go Luis, <laughs> Luis Polito posted it here in the comment section you can send in your super chats and your humper chats uh whichever one you prefer and we will be making sure to read all of those here today this is going to be a good one let's kick it off um reg with your thoughts overall on money in the bank coming out of the show how are you feeling I thought this was probably this is probably the best execution they could get out of going into the show. Ended the show super strong. Uh, I thought that the angle that was executed at the end left the crowd very happy. This is exactly the way you want to do a show, especially after 20 years is uh, is have something as big as this. The thing with Cena, like everything like that's exactly how you go to another country, bring a, a PLE and give them exactly the show that they need. I thought it was super strong. 
That's the thing. It's weird to me because I did see a couple of people saying that they felt this episode or rather this pay-per-view was 50-50. And there were some people saying that it wasn't good. There were some people saying that it was good. Some people kind of in between. I kind of felt like there was a lot that I did like on the show, but I also got the reasonings as to why some people didn't necessarily like the show. But I feel given that, you know, it was in London, the crowd was super hot. There were some moments where I wouldn't have blamed the crowd whatsoever if they didn't react and they reacted to each and every single thing that they were seeing on the show so overall i felt like it was a pretty uh decent pay-per-view i feel like Mm -hmm. for the most part wwe does not drop the ball when it comes to these pay-per-views i feel like i've been enjoying them more than i usually do yeah the their last i can't it's been almost close to a year. Like every one of their PLEs are big shows. They execute them well. They have the matches that the people want to see. That that's how it's been for a long time. Honestly, though, it's really the weekly shows that kind of drag it down. But if you just watch the big shows, watch the big matches, you'll be like, okay, this is some good stuff going on over here. Yeah, I agree with that too. And let's go ahead and get it started with our super chats here. Let's see what people are saying. Uh, we got Annie B who says. Field J had his moment and doesn't need the belt. Is Cody beating Reigns out of the question after the main event finish? He's still the hottest face. Um, okay, so we're going to talk more about everything that went down with the Usos, with the bloodline at the end of all of this here today. But uh, I think that the way that the show ended, it didn't necessarily... How do I say this? Like, I was expecting the Usos to get the victory, but I wasn't expecting Roman Reigns to get the pin. How about you? Me neither. Not at all. Zero percent. Talked about it earlier on Grapsity. I was like, if Roman and Solo lose, Solo's definitely taking the pin. It's just another way for them to further the story. But then when Roman got the three, I was like, wow, this is a big surprise. And hearing that pop after he did get the three, I was like, okay, you know, I understand how we... Uh, It was clunky getting here, Denise, but we're here and I understand why we're here now, you know? Exactly, exactly. We got a comment here from Single Blue Note, the panda, who says the UK crowd sold out the show hard. Dude, all of their chants throughout the entire night, some of them I couldn't necessarily make out what they were, but it didn't matter because it added this different flavor, this different personality to the shows that we don't normally get to see. And I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. It helps with the, the action. It helps further along the matches. And, you know, Uh, For example, Cody's entrance with them singing the whole thing. It's like this is another element of when there's a bad crowd, it doesn't sometimes it's if if it's a bad crowd, it hurts. But a good show could really take that over. But if it's a really great crowd, it can make any show so much better. And I think that's what happened here. Just like the Puerto Rico crowd from a few months ago, it's just like. The extra element, the new the new territory, the new faces, it just makes it a different experience. I agree. We got a super chat here from Parker Hines who says, enjoyable show, scratching my head on Baszler turning on Ronda. Drew versus <laughs> Gunther, please. LA Knight should have won. Yeah. My God, Roman got pinned and cool to see Cena. I love how Parker got all his thoughts in on one super chat. <laughs> you go, Parker. <laughs> he knows what's up. So let's go ahead and get right into the show. Let's go in a nice chronological format since I think mm-hmm. that's what's going to work best. So let's kick it off with what they kicked off the night with, and that was the men's Money in the Bank ladder match you had 
Damian Priest defeats Logan Paul, Butch, Ricochet, Shinsuke Nakamura, Ellie Knight, and Santos Escobar. Going into this match, Reg, the big conversation was, is WWE going to actually listen to the people and Mm -hmm. give the victory to Ellie Knight? And they didn't end up going that (laughs) direction. I thought... Going into this, I'm like, oh, I don't, I didn't, I didn't think they were though, Reg. Mm-hmm. Honest, honest to God, I was not expecting them to give it to Ali Knight. Yeah. Not because, oh, you know, whatever reasons for Ali Knight. It was because this is WWE's MO, right? To yep. go a different direction. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, there were a couple of people that were maybe predicting or expecting Damian Priest to get the win here, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't say the conversation was about him. It was primarily about Logan Paul and Ali night so yeah. what did you think of this match and what did you make of them not going with Ali Knight especially given the reaction that he got here tonight yeah it was very surprising because yes like you're saying going into the show a lot of people were saying LA Knight after that big huge ovation that he got on Smackdown last night saw a lot of people tweeting this is LA Knight's time there's no way they cannot do that then the big ovation he got to come into the match you're like Okay, I see what's going on here. You know, the thing that I like about uh, the, what WWE is doing now, Denise, is like they are aware. They, they And they'll let you know during a match that they're aware. They know that the talk is about LA Knight and Logan Paul. When they would tease those spots with those two guys, it was like, oh, here are the two people we've been talking about. Like, this must be the match. This must be what's going to go on. This must be who's going to win. So Damian Priest kind of coming from behind and taking the victory was a huge shock. I mean, like you said, there were people that thought that Damian Priest was going to win this match, but you just never know nowadays. Like, you could, like in, in the back of my mind, I'm still waiting for Brock Lesnar to come out and just F5 everybody and just climb up the ladder and get the belt, get the briefcase. So anytime somebody different gets the briefcase, it's great. It, far being from that, from the LA Knight and the, the Logan Paul stuff, I think Damian Priest does deserve this. That great match that he had with Bad Bunny at in Puerto Rico, and he's been cooking a lot with Judgment Day on Raw and showing himself as a main event player. So this is good. Anytime they're going to give somebody new a push and not just give the briefcase to like Randy Orton again, I'm all in. So here's the thing. And like, I agree with you because in seeing Damian Priest get the victory here, it was very clear to me that this kind of felt like a reward. Like you said, for the Bad Bunny stuff, like, let's not forget that we were sitting here, you know, after backlash going, my God, you know, this was really good. What we got here with Bad Bunny Mm -hmm. and that match ended up being even better. It could have been like this major clusterfuck with everything that they had booked into the match, but it ended up being really great. So to me, I saw this as a reward for Damian and priest it's like hey not only are you part of one of the most featured acts in wwe right now with the judgment day but also dude you did a hell of a job in that match against bad bunny so again even though i didn't necessarily think that damian priest was gonna win i see why they went with Damian Priest. Mm. And later on, we'll talk more about Priest because uh, he'll start, we'll talk more about him later on back. in the show. <laughs> but and it makes more sense there too. But here's the thing though. What does this mean? Do you think that this is a bad sign for Ali Knight? Given that it's been clear that Vince McMahon wasn't necessarily a fan of his in the past, he recently did an interview with Chris Van Bleet where he said that he was going to be that he thought he was going to be fired by the company when he was Max Dupree last year. So, how does it looking for LA Knight right now? Ooh, earlier this week, Denise, I thought exactly that. I was like, if LA Knight doesn't win this briefcase, it's gonna be tough. 
for him because this is kind of like a tailor-made way for somebody to to get into that championship to contention, maybe even win it, and and you got like an excuse to do it in a certain way. L.A. Knight not winning here, and then I'm like, look at what's going on with the trajectory. Like Roman, he's not set up at all to challenge for Roman Reigns if he was going to be one of those guys looking like it's going to be Jay, which we'll talk about later. And then on Rollins' side, on the Raw side, it's like he's not set up over there either. So like. They could build them. They could go on this momentum, but it's starting to feel a little bit like when Zack Ryder was getting hot and they were like, nah, he's not. You guys think he's hot, but we don't think he's that hot. Yeah, see, that's that's a problem to me. And I'm going to be real. And I know people are probably not going to hear this, but I like there are options in terms of like what you can do with Ali Knight. Like you said, you can have him go for the U.S. title, do something with Austin Theory. Hell, we can work into a match with maybe him and Logan Paul at SummerSlam. Right. There's so many different options here, but. The fact that they didn't go with him, considering how over the guy is right now, and considering that he kind of got himself over because everything that they had kind of had him do on the main roster wasn't necessarily things that were going to scream like, hey, this thing's definitely going to get this guy over. Right. And he still got over regardless of that so now it makes me wonder, like, are you basically trying to tell me you guys still feel the same way about Allie Knight? See that this shows me that they don't because it, this is the execution right here. If your fran- fans are telling you and they tell us very often, we listen to our fans. Your fans are saying this guy's the guy. Listen, every time he's out here, we love him. Remember when Triple H was in Saudi Arabia, they're chanting for him. Every time they get an opportunity to show that they want this guy to be the guy, they showed it. And then it do you think that it left like uh, like our L.A. Knight fans like, oh, he got screwed? Or was it like, I don't know, he doesn't really. Like, does this set him up for him to be like, I got screwed out of this? Can he use this momentum that he got losing this to to go forward? And I don't really know if I feel like he can, you know? I don't feel like he can come out and be like, oh, I got screwed. Right. Right. Like, he can't come out and say that. Like, you had equal opportunity as all of these other guys. Like, you're talking storyline-wise, right? Like, Mm -hmm. he's not going to be able to come out there and be like, oh, I got screwed. And no one's going to want to cheer for somebody who's whining and complaining that they got screwed, right? Exactly. Right, right, right. So, yeah, he's kind of, like, starting at the bottom. Now he has to be like, well, well, guys, I guess it's starting from the bottom. And it's tough down there. Yeah. (laughs) And that's, like, I'm thinking, I feel like this, to me, was not – I'm not, like – I don't feel like this is a good sign of how they feel about Allie Knight. And it sucks because there are people that, you know, so many people that are rooting for the guy. And based on, you know, you've already heard that he wasn't liked. It makes you wonder, like, okay, so what's his trajectory look like now? I feel like if he doesn't instantly either go into a program with someone of a big status like Logan Paul or doesn't go after the U.S. championship, I feel like this is a really like WWE had an opportunity and they wasted it. Is anybody going to care about him going against Austin Theory is the thing? You know what I mean? Like, what are the next thing? Like, who's going to care about that, Denise? Is anybody going to? <laughs> I feel so bad. <laughs> I feel so bad for Theory because it just hasn't happened for him yet. You know, like people are not getting behind him and they weren't getting behind the him. Guy the guy that both these guys think they are, Austin Theory and uh, L.A. Knight, is the real guy is the guy that was in the ring with John Cena tonight. That's the guy that they're going to. That's the guy that they think L.A. Knight spot. If Grayson Waller didn't break his leg or whatever, he probably would have been in that match winning this this briefcase. That's the guy that they're standing behind. That's the guy that they also think that Austin Theory is. Austin Theory is great in the ring, which is kind of crazy that people aren't really getting behind him. I think it's more of the 
the offline shenanigans that get people. But Grayson Waller is the guy that those two guys think they are. So they better get ready to get their spot taken by him. Man. All right. And we're going to talk more about Grayson Waller in just a second, but let's get into the actual matchup here of the men's money in the bank, because there were some, uh, I'm just going to say this like flat out. I did not think that the men's money in the bank match was the best of the two ladder matches. I think Mm -hmm. that the women completely uh, outdid the men here on this one. Uh, I, there was really one moment because here's the thing. Like I thought everybody had like some pretty good moments, right? But there wasn't, Aside from one spot that I thought, oh, my God, this is so crazy, right? Like, I Mm -hmm. feel like I've just seen more be done in a ladder match, especially a Money in the Bank ladder match. And I think given all the guys, all of the potential in here, I don't feel like we got those. I don't feel like we got those big enough spots throughout Mm -hmm. this entire match. There was that one moment. And that one moment was when you saw Logan Paul and Ricochet get thrown off the ladder by LA Knights. That unfortunately kind of ends up being into a little bit of a botch, but it was kind of saved by Ricochet as best as possible. So when they were thrown off the ladder, both guys were supposed to land on the ropes. Now Ricochet landed it, but Logan Paul didn't. He kind of slipped a little bit and didn't really happen. And then from there, Ricochet just went right in there and did the Spanish fly (laughs) to Logan Paul onto the two tables that were set on the outside. And Lord knows, I have no idea how they did that, Reg. Ricochet just went right in there. He did. Now, it was scary, Denise. I'm like, what were they trying to do some kind of crazy double? They push him to a double springboard into a Spanish fly. That's insane. Like, the the room for error is very small. And they saw it. We saw the error. But for him to still go with it when it looked like they were both falling down and that violent landing was scary. That was definitely the scariest spot of the match. And uh, I'm happy that it was those two and they're athletic enough to figure out how to flip out of this shit. But yeah, very scary. But yeah, I kind of agree what like what you're saying, because while I was watching the match, I was like, okay, another ladder match. Have we done too many of these at this point where if you're not coming with the super most innovative spots, some different shit that we haven't seen, it's like normal stuff. Like in five years, are they going to play anything from this match that happened? That's different than what Jeff Hardy did in 2000. You know what I mean? Like nothing was like, wow, that's new. And invented. it's just like, oh, they're rehashing this. They're rehashing that. It was spot food. There's a lot of stuff going on. Ricochet hitting the four, the springboard 450 on the Santos and LA Knight was very dope stuff. And, and a lot of really dangerous spots. LA Knight getting tossed off the top and Damian Priest getting splashed on the ladder. Like men were putting their bodies on the line, but I don't know if, we just keep running this and it's not going to be anything super crazy if it's worth it to, you know, destroy your bodies for like just a regular thing. Just me. Yeah, no, I get you. And I also like that you mentioned, cause it's true because when, when uh, Ricochet, because everybody saw, everybody saw what was supposed to happen. Everybody saw that, you know, Logan Paul lost his footing. Cause that was a very mm-hmm. hard thing to do. Right. It was a very yeah. hard thing to attempt. And like, then when Ricochet still went for it, <laughs> I thought, dude, you're freaking nuts. You're still going for this Spanish fly. And then like they still did the overhead shot, right? <laughs> and, and granted, I only saw the overhead shot one time. But when I saw the overhead shot, I'm looking at Logan Paul's body. Yeah. And it was terrifying to see mm-hmm. that he didn't necessarily make the full turn either. It was kind of just like, bro, and however you Logan land, you Paul, land. This is like, what, his sixth or seventh match? Like, that's a that's... The spot that Ricochet does, that's an instinct that you develop after years of being a wrestler. Like, 
there's so much bad that can happen, and I'm it, it's just so dangerous all around. And I'm happy that they got out of it seemingly unscathed. Because yeah, seriously, that so was scary. freaking crazy. Mm. Uh, we got Jared who's sending a super chat saying, "Men's Money in the Bank was about spots. Women's was about story." Perfect. I can't exactly. wait to talk about the women's. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Broadway Joe who sends in a super chat saying, "The show is great, except the world title stuff. The match plus Priest winning. The title scene needs Gunther and Cody ASAP. Feels mid card at the moment. Uh, I can't argue it. I mean, we got Cody Rhodes versus Dominic Mysterio." That was promoted as like one of the main events. It was. Think about that. Really let thoughts. that sink I can't in. Wait. Can't wait till we get to that match because I have a lot of thoughts. Oh, seriously. I can't mm. wait. Uh, Broadway Joe, thank you so much for the super chat. We appreciate it. Uh, heads up to everybody just in case. Uh, if you want to get your comments, your questions, your hot takes, your disagreements, if you agree with us, whatever it is, uh, feel free to send in a super chat or a Humphrey chat, and we will be pulling those out and reading them throughout the entire night. Your support helps us out tremendously. So, yes. All right. So, overall, shocking start to Money in the Bank. And Thanks. so, next up, we ended up having a match that I'm just going to be real with everybody. I did not care about <laughs> heading into this. And I was surprised that they managed to do anything in this that got me going, huh, okay. So mm. we had Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan defeat Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler for the women's tag team titles. And some of you are probably going, wait, what now? What? Because yeah. Ronda and Shayna just won the titles like they've barely been champions for a hot minute they just unified the titles it's barely been a thing Raquel and Liv Morgan former champions Liv Morgan got injured she finally came back they reunited I was not expecting anything that happened here I was expecting them to have a straightforward match have Ronda and Shayna win and continue their uh you know time as tag team champs but instead during this match we ended up getting Shayna Baszler randomly so random attacking her own partner ronda rousey turning on her thus allowing practically giving handing mm. the opportunity to raquel and live to regain their titles uh thoughts on this i was shocked i mean like a different kind of shocked maybe like a huh shocked more than like it was like a what like it just came out of nowhere i don't know if we were being set up for it they just won the tag team championships they don't have that many women's tag teams. I was actually liking them as a tag team together. So I, I was like, okay, this is going to be a cool match. Ronda and Shane are going to beat them up, and then they're going to be a dominant tag team championships. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> here comes Shayna starts punching her own partner. I'm like, wait, what's going on? Why is Shayna beating up Ronda? What is the storyline reason you think, Denise, that Shayna is beating up Ronda? Well, the purpose... I don't know, because there's got to be a moment, right? Like, I know what they're trying to get to, right? That's that's not the point. We know what they're trying to do, Mm -hmm. right? Monster Shayna is back. We get that. We know what they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. But what was the catalyst for her turning on Ronda Rousey? Not too long ago, they're out there hugging and crying and doing interviews about how, you know, they they were starving together and they fought so hard for this opportunity and they finally got it. Okay, so what happened that made Shayna turn on Ronda Rousey? I'm sitting here, Reg, and I cannot give you an answer. They want to have a match together. That's I, I, I guess I like it. I'm into it. Scenes for this though. No, like, they didn't. That's the only, that's why it was so shocking. It was like, what? <laughs> why did she do that? They're friends. We know they're friends. They hang out. They're on Twitches together. They used to live together. They fight together. All kinds of stuff. Why is she beating her up? I guess we'll find out the reason. I mean. 
they have always positioned Shayna as like a badass who doesn't need anybody that it doesn't matter. She's just going to go through everybody that's happening. So it'll be very easy for them to, for her to be just be like, I don't care about nothing. I'll, she's always been blah, blah, blah. I've been in her shadow, but it's just, it's interesting. I think so too, man. I don't even know. So here's the other question. So Rhonda, she's a baby face now, right? Is, is, is oh, that a thing? Like, is that what we're no, doing? No, no, no. She was betrayed <laughs> by her friend. Technically she should be the baby face in this, right? No, 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 no. Abort, abort. We cannot have baby face Rhonda. We know what happened last time. God offer. Every time she talks as a baby face, it's just like, whoa, no, please don't. And if that's where this is leading to, bad news. Like, we should have had Rhonda turn on her if that's what's going on, because this is crazy. But then if we have Rhonda turn on her, do we still get the same like animalistic Shayna Baszler that we want to see? Mm, yeah. I don't like point. the idea of Rhonda Rousey being the baby face in this. No. Mm -mm. I I cannot. I get, and and are we supposed to have sympathy for her after she's just been kicking everybody's ass? She jump you from the side and then she'll talk shit about you. I really don't understand it. She cannot be the baby face. It has to be two hills. We have to hate both of them. That's the only way this is going to work. <laughs> I can't get on board with Rhonda as a baby face right now. Mm -hmm. Like I just cannot, but I am excited to see Shayna do her thing. Like I'm cool yep. with that, but I just mm -hmm. can't get on board with this Ronda Rousey as a baby face right now. So I think that's going to be a weird dynamic that they're going to have to figure out or have yeah. this really great like reason that Shayna Baszler did this to Ronda because they're going to have to come up with something on Friday night Smackdown. I want to have some answers as to why this happened because this wasn't yeah. like, yeah, I'm sure we thought it was going to happen somewhere down the line. Cool, mm -hmm. whatever. But were we expecting it today on Money in the Bank? Not necessarily. And didn't they just like, were we just reading reports that they were going to go down to NXT? They were going to be the defending champions. They want to have Ronda on NXT. And Ronda was like, I'm going to try to have me wear it now. Get these belts off of me. I don't want no parts of this. I'm not going down to Florida. Y'all are tripping. Have Shayna beat me up. They didn't even tell them this was going to happen. They were like, all right, they're trying to send us to NXT. So we're turning on each other. Have fun out there. <laughs> so Ronda did all of this just so yes. that she wouldn't have to go to NXT. Oh, so she doesn't have to go to NXT. <laughs> savage, savage. Uh, Dream Ninja 77 sends in a super chat saying, crowd very clearly said Shayna was the face. Murder Shayna is the best Shayna. It's her time. Yeah, and they're right. That's You're going to cheer for Shayna. Yeah. Let's be real. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. that doesn't make sense to the story that they're telling. The person who gets screwed by their best friend is supposed to be the baby face, not the heel. I mean, if Shayna comes out and tells, starts telling uh, facts and being like, well, Rhonda's this and Rhonda's this. And we're all like, yeah, like I guess it's going right. to be like <laughs> true. But they didn't but they didn't tell us that story at all. The they last didn't. couple of weeks, they didn't make mm -hmm. Rhonda. She wasn't treating Shayna poorly. I thought they were going to be defending champions. That's all I cared about. I, all I care about is getting these women's tag team champions some prestige, getting them some great runs and not this hot potato bullshit i i like hot potato championships but this championship hasn't been established by anybody we gotta get it to somebody and they keep having to deal with this bullshit it's crazy i thought you were gonna say i like hot potato what? <laughs> like hot potato i'm like yeah i do too but like, what are we doing hot with potato, the title hot potato <laughs> Dude, hot potato, man. Anybody here who's ever played hot potato, the stress, the amount of stress when you have it and you're like. <laughs> Classic Denise, man. I'm telling you, hot potato. Oh, Ridiculous. Now these people know what hot potato is. 
probably do. I don't is know. it not like a game that everybody? I don't plays? know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, right. Been, everybody it, plays it, Hot yeah, Potato. I, like I everybody. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but that's what they're doing with the tag titles. But I agree with you. You're right. Mm-hmm. I want to see them take the championship seriously. I yeah. want to see a defending tag team champions. Yes. That's and it. I want to see an actual division surrounding that. But that's, I think, mm-hmm. asking for a little too much. At that's point. a lot. It's a lot of numbers and a lot of names. <laughs> oh, man. All right. We got Jared asking here with Raquel in the tag team division. Who's next for Rhea? Clearly, oh. it's Natalia, part oh, three. Ugh. I love Natty, but we got to move on. That's a great question. That's exactly what I was thinking when Rhea came out with Dom. I'm like, what? why is Rhea just walking out as a second? She's the damn champion. She should be defending her championship on the show. And after that, look, yeah, we thought they were building to Raquel and Rhea. And like it's not, no, Rhea's a, uh, Raquel's a tag team champion now. That leaves Rhea just out in the open, and there's no contenders at all. Nobody has even sniffed up there besides Natty, and nobody wants to see Natty at all. I feel so bad. I feel so bad saying that, but it's true, though. Unfortunately, they haven't done enough. Like, here's the thing, like, Rhea's got everything, man. She's got the people behind her. She's got the star power. She's got the... The, the the intrigue, people are interested in Rhea Ripley. But mm. now it's falling short on the other side where we don't have a, an opponent for her, a challenger for her yet at this moment that feels big, that feels massive. Now, I we, and we've seen this teased a couple of times now on Raw. I want to see Becky Lynch, Rhea Ripley. To me, okay, yeah. that feels the, the level, the mm-hmm. standard of where Rhea Ripley, the type of appointments that she should be dealing with right now should be of the caliber of the level of Becky Lynch. Now, clearly, Becky Lynch is still finishing things up with Trish, mm-hmm. but I really hope that this is the direction that we're headed in, whether it happens at SummerSlam or, you know, later on WrestleMania. I think they can probably do something as close as SummerSlam. Who knows? Maybe it's too soon. Yeah, because uh, ever since... The Rhea's won the championship at WrestleMania. It hasn't been anything really good for her. She needs a really big win. In SummerSlam, they got to give her a big, big opponent, and they got to give her a big win because her being in this Dom thing is great. It's getting good heat, but she also has to be. We thought she was going to be this kick-ass champion, and she has in theory, but in a different way. Yeah, you're right on that. That's exactly what we thought, and it just hasn't necessarily panned out that way, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But speaking of kick-ass champions, oh, I cannot wait to talk about this one because from start to finish, loved everything that we saw here. Gunther defending his Intercontinental Championship against Matt Riddle. And what we saw here was this, uh, how do I describe this match? This manhandling of Gunther (laughs) through Riddle. Like he, Matt Riddle could not catch one break Throughout mm-hmm. this entire match, Gunther was chopping him, slapping him, stomping him. I mm-hmm. mean, he was treating him really badly. It was yeah. great. And uh, this was so much fun, though, to see this. And throughout this match, we also saw that uh, Matt Riddle had the uh, tape around his ankle. Mm-hmm. And what did Gunther do? He made sure to go in and attack that. And at one point, so for the actual finish, Gunther applies a leg lock and right away, Matt Riddle taps out. And Mm. I loved this because 
Reg, if there's anything that I hate is when people uh, really, really exaggerate the finish because there yes. are certain moves where it's like, bro, just end it. Like, this it's, is it. If this was MMA, it'd be one second. It wouldn't be 30 seconds of them being like reaching for the ropes. No, if they lock in an arm bar, they're going to break your arm if you have it in there for five seconds longer than this. So, yes, I agree. That always annoys the crap out of me with these MMA style finishes. Is like, if this was real, they'd be tapping out immediately. They wouldn't be calling for the ref and crawling really slowly. So, yeah. But yeah, Gunther's just a bully. That's all it is. He came in here and bullied Matt Riddle. We thought Matt Riddle, since he used to be in the UFC, he's an MMA guy. You're like, he might have a shot out here. He could strike. He could do this. But no, he can't. This guy's been the, the Intercontinental Champion for so long. We don't even know how long it's been. He has just been out here dominating and opponents like this are perfect for him because it shows that he's not just beating up like little guys or, or people not in his league. He'll beat up a guy that you think is in his league, too, and he'll beat him up bad. He'll chop Matt Riddle just as hard as he chops anybody else. And then he's going to powerbomb him so hard that he falls out of his shorts. Gunther's just a bad, bad dude. But the big story here, right, Denise, is what happened after he won. Massive, massive, massive pop for returning Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre and him having this confrontation. I want to say this because here's the thing. Like when when Gunther was dominating throughout this entire match against Matt Riddle, I kept thinking, where is this going? Like, why? Like, right, exactly. <laughs> like, there's got to be some sort of reason. Like, are they going to mm-hmm. have Matt Riddle defeat Gunther? Is this, like, what are we doing here? Like, I really wasn't sure. I felt like they were trying to set me up for something, right? right? I didn't know what it was that they were trying to set me up for. But that moment when he defeated Matt Riddle and the way that it happened, it felt so good, like a one mm-hmm. and done. Like, you're right. He's not just going out there and defeating nobody. He's out there defeating credible uh, opponents like Matt Riddle. So after that, you had this feeling of what's next. And so having Drew McIntyre come out, return, it was this thing of like, cool. Mm -hmm. Now we know what is next for Gunther. We've seen these two guys work before. uh, And so for them to have this confrontation to have this moment it felt big time it felt like that's what you want to see for gunther as this kick-ass champion and intercontinental champion but also for drew mcintyre because drew mcintyre you know it's he's one of he's that guy that you can always count on him to put him in big time scenarios because he's a big time type of competitor right Mm -hmm. he's a star but he also kind of gets sometimes thrown off to the side right like he's not your roman reigns uh he's you know he's not seth rollins because it's that same thing they know if they throw him to the side they could just heat him back up immediately they're like it'll be fine he we could just get him back up and i mean this kind of does show that they can you know (laughs) exactly and so to then see them circle back with this especially Mm. after what we saw at wrestlemania from these guys i feel like this felt like the crowd loved it everybody loved to see the possibilities that can be had here we have just them two Yeah, and I think we kind of needed this moment because the last time we saw Drew Mack overseas in a big moment like this, he was losing to Roman Reigns and (laughs) looking like a big loser. So for him, freaking karaoke, (laughs) singing karaoke. Yeah, yeah. Last time we saw him, he was down bad, Denise. So for him to come back, this super huge ovation, the crowd's loving it. Gunther's like, I don't give a shit. I'll push your face. Him hitting the, you know, hitting the big Glasgow kiss and hitting the big Claymore kick, holding that championship up. 
Drew McIntyre looked like a guy that's supposed to be here and looked like a guy that should be in the main event. Like somebody was saying in the chat, both of these guys need to give this belt up to somebody else and they need to be contenders for the championship at all moments. Cause I love that they built the intercontinental championship, but I think the guys that they used to be used to build it can now move on to the, to the begin to the main event and they could establish some other guys as the intercontinental championship. Yeah, I agree with you on that in terms of like, I do want to see Gunther at some point go, you know, go up against Roman and all of that. Right. But I don't want to see him drop the intercontinental championship. You know, when you have something that's so good and you don't want to let it go because it's not not always been that great you know without right. it so that's how i feel about gunther as the yes champion. Like, like if it I'm goes to scared. anybody else it might not be the same i agree right like it might mm-hmm. not be the same so i'm scared mm-hmm. and i want to stay and i'm afraid that if they take the title off of him all of a sudden they're not going to pay attention to him nothing's going to happen he doesn't yeah. defeat roman whatever I mean, and he's just yeah. there those are some things to worry about for sure because that has happened so many times <laughs> And that's my fear. So we'll see. But we got a couple of super chats to get into. Once again, guys, please help support this podcast. Help support the show. Uh, Keep us going. Uh, Send in those super chats. We got one here from Misha uh, Sumra who says, checking in from London. Great show tonight. Loving the Fightful content. We want Denise over here for All In. Uh, I will be at All In, actually. I'm planning on it. I already bought my tickets. I already bought everything. So I will definitely be there. And I'm excited. And I'm going to have to learn those London chants because (laughs) I don't know any of them. Oh, yeah. You're about to be in there. Same thing. So that's actually a point uh, that I thought going into this show, watching this show, And for the whole time that they announced the show, I thought this was going to be in a stadium. I was under the impression that this was going to be in a big show. And then they were like, oh, there's 19,000 people. I'm like, they undersold what they could have done here. Their first PLE in 20 plus years, they could have got like 40,000 people in a stadium, I think, in London. And I was like, "I I don't understand why they would do this to themselves when their business is so hot. I mean, just to to have a guaranteed 20,000 sellout sounds good, but I feel like they could have really put up some bigger numbers for this. You're right, because I was thinking the same thing, too. When I realized yesterday when we were watching SmackDown, they were like, oh, we're in the O2 arena. And I'm like, that's the same place where they're going to hold the show, right? Like, right. I, I've never been to the O2 arena. I don't know anything about yeah. the O2 arena. So when these, what I realized it was going to be in the exact same place, I did think the same thing, where it didn't have that exact same. Um, it wasn't as grand as Clash mm-hmm. of the Castle, where that was exactly. just like a sea of like a ridiculous amount of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly how I thought. I was thinking back to Clash of the Castle. Like, they might have been able to do something like that again. And I don't really understand why they didn't. We got Dream Ninja 77 who says, Reg, Triple H said cinema oh, on the press. No. <laughs> Triple H is coming for you, Reg. He heard what you've been saying about this whole cinema and wrestling. It was like, nah, not on my watch. My worst nightmare. That sounds terrible. <laughs> that son of a bitch. Triple H is coming for you, man. What's up with that, man? He's on to your agenda. He's going to make pro this. wrestling cinema. Triple H, I don't deserve this, okay? Jeez Louise. <laughs> you know what I was thinking about, too? And I don't know if this is going to help your argument. Maybe it will. (laughs) I know some people are probably going to get upset, but I think sometimes we need to step outside our, we love wrestling, right? We love it. Clearly we wouldn't be doing this job if we didn't, but sometimes we need to step outside the bubble and realize that the mainstream world doesn't see wrestling the way that we do. 
I was watching uh, Family Matters, the episode where uh, <laughs> this is when catap- this is when catapulted this thought, Reg. I shit you not. I was watching the episode where they go to the wrestling show and the Bushwhackers mm-hmm. are on, right? Mm-hmm. And they end up going in there, Steve Urkel and Carl, and they end up wrestling the Bushwhackers, right? Yeah. And it's so hokey. It's so ridiculous, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. the whole entire episode, it's painting wrestling as this circus freak show. It's really, really silly type of thing. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, yes, because this is exactly how the mainstream world sees That's pro how they wrestling. think about it. Mm-hmm. This is their idea of what pro wrestling is. Hokey stuff. And so, yeah, we may see it as great as an art form and this and that, but mainstream world doesn't see it that way. And just kind of getting an example of that (laughs) and seeing the way that it was presented, it made me think like there's people out here thinking like, oh, they're going to be like Emmys and things like that. I'm like, they don't see wrestling this way, though. The people that that judge the Emmys are laughing like that's it's a joke to them. And like, that's not like I, I don't think we should be discouraged by that. Like we have our thing that we love. And if it if it does make you feel like you just saw some cinema, that's great. But just call it what it is. Professional wrestling. Okay. Thank you. So, anyways, this all hit me while I was watching this. I'm like, you know what? This adds to the cinema argument. Yes. <laughs> oh man. Erko and Carl Winslow. Thank you guys. Yeah, and this is right too. This is a, t- a comment from JR who says, still too many misconceptions about pro wrestling. Only if you're a fan, you get it. And it's true. Yeah. But you do have to be aware of that, right? Like, I don't know about you, Reg, but there are some times where I do get a little bit embarrassed to tell my non-wrestling friends that, you know, this is what I'm really into. Like, I feel like they look at me and they somewhat judge me a little bit. Uh, Every time that I meet a woman and she's like, what do you do? And I'm like, uh, I talk about and watch a lot of wrestling. I, 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 Denise, you you know how that sounds. Okay. I mean, you don't know how if that I sounds. If I wasn't you're a wrestling game, fan, if I know? wasn't a wrestling fan, all right, real talk. And I t- I met a guy, and he was talking about him doing this for a living. I can't. I'd be like, I I'm like, get oh, I talk it, about you know? it and I do podcasts. Like, come on, about wrestling. They're like, what are you talking? Why are you saying these words? What do you mean? I would look at you and I would go, "Is that a real job, sweetie? Like, exactly. do you get paid? Are you struggling?" Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's what ninety nine percent of them think. So I'm like, "This ain't no cinema, dude. I'm out here fighting for my life, trying to explain my little jobs." <laughs> I love it though, but you only get it if you're a wrestling fan, all right? You only get it. We got to convert more people, man. Let's go and door it's knocking. Our bubble. Well, let's embrace our bubble. That's why we have to stick together with the people that are in here, and we can't be fighting against each other with this tribalism bullshit because we're all in the same fight. Exactly. That's true. You got it right there. Mm-hmm. We should we should just start going knocking on doors and be like, yo, what's up? Have you heard of WWE? Have you heard of AEW? All right, let me go. My press- this is Brian Danielson. He's considered the GOAT. Wow. Here's a brochure. Wrestling Here are the Jehovah's Witnesses of- is crazy. That's wild. <laughs> oh man we got off on a tangent we here, did man. oh god all right uh let's go ahead and continue on from here uh, once again guys please feel free to send in your super chats your humper chats we're pulling them in we're getting your thoughts uh we just finished talking about gunther matt riddle drew mcintyre uh let's press on and get into the match that i thought was probably the uh hey i i feel mean using the b word yeah but yeah. so i'll use the s word yes this match was slow Cody Rhodes and Dominic Mysterio. Um, It was, I tweeted this out, Reg. It was exactly what I expected this match to be. I wasn't expecting some grand, shocking, phenomenal match here. 
Uh, this was a raw match. This was not, I hate to say it because I get the heat that Dominic gets and I, I like Dominic a whole lot and I want him Let's to succeed, but this was not a match that Cody Rhodes should be having in London in the caliber of this show. Let's talk about it, Denise, because how many times of the past few months have you heard or read this tweet that says Dominic is the hottest heel in WWE? I've seen that if I had a nickel for every time I've seen that, I'd have like $50 at this point. Like a lot of people have said it. But this show here and this display here shows why all those people are so wrong. Dominic Mysterio has a thing where he talks and people don't let him talk. That's his thing. That's his that's where the heat dies. Because yes. when the bell rang, they didn't care. When Roman Reigns was out there, the crowd was booing him. They were starting up chants. They were everything that he did. You knew that he was in the ring. You knew what was going on. That's called real heat, not gimmick heat like Dominic Mysterio's has. This pay-per-view, this show showed exactly why he's not the hottest hill in the business. Because as soon as the bell rings, no one cares. No one cares. You have to care. You could be the hottest hit hill in the business. Nobody lets you talk. No, that's where it ends. They have to care about somebody even wanting to beat you up. If they don't care about people beating you up, it doesn't matter. None of this matters. And I'm so happy that you said that because I feel like it was on the tip of my tongue, but you nailed it there where you said it is not real heat because when the bell rings, it dies. No one cares anymore and that's where I think they probably thought oh we can get away with this being a really mediocre match but the heat will be so big on Dominic throughout the match that it will seem a lot more grander than it probably is going to be and it didn't it ended right then and there a second the second Dominic's done doing his smooching with Rhea the second that he's done being uh, Dominic they don't care when the match actually starts and that sucks right that sucks right Mm because you want to see that but the part of the reason is because it's just not the caliber of wrestling is just not there. It's not there yet. There's been a massive improvement, but it's just not the same as getting Cody Rhodes, Brock Lesnar, Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins. It's just not the same. And so um, this was, it was very interesting to me that they even promoted this match in, in the light of it being like a main event status. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was very, very reaching of them to do. So I don't know. What do you do with this? Because this basically proved to me, this proved to, to to me to you clearly that there has to be a lot more here than just it being you getting over because you're getting booed while you're being cutting these promos. And there was no Brock Lesnar. I mean, the, the, I think the biggest thing here is why wasn't Cody in the ladder match? Like he should, if he wants to be the world champion, he should be going for the world champion. Why isn't he in the ladder match? And he instead of being in the ladder match, he's wrestling Dominic. Like. Like the people were talking, Denise, after Cody Rhodes lost at WrestleMania, being like, he needs more adversity. Dominic is his fucking adversity. This is terrible. If this is the adversity we're talking about, we don't need it. Like, this isn't adding on to his resume. We're not like, oh, now he really needs to beat Roman Reigns. He got rid of that old Dominic. No, dude, no one cares. Where was Brock Lesnar at? I thought the whole time I'm waiting for Brock Lesnar to come out here and F5, I'm like, I'm waiting in every big match because that's what Brock Lesnar does. But yeah, we're just getting to that. Uh, Cody wrote, Denise, when he came out, it was massive. The crowd was yelling, screaming, so excited. 
put this man in a big match. Why isn't he in a big match? If it, the crowd loves this guy so much. They were here for him. And he's wrestling fucking Dominic. Ew. You know, I'm so happy that you're here, Reg, because sometimes these are things I want to say and just don't have the courage to do so. You know, sometimes like these are the things I need to say out loud because it is true. It's like, what the hell are we doing here? When you talk about maybe it is adversity shit, like you got to go out there and put on (laughs) this freaking great match with Dominic Mysterio. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, you're right. (laughs) You know, like what's happening here? Maybe that is the adversity within within itself. But to think that people thought that it was the right call. I mean, at this point, I don't even care, to be honest. Yeah, I don't even care anymore. <laughs> I'm so freaking over what happened at WrestleMania. I don't yeah, even give right. a damn anymore. Like, yeah. I am so exhausted okay. of the argument. I don't even care. <laughs> but <laughs> the point here is that uh, this match was not good. It was boring. And Oh, oh should I use the B word? Damn. Uh-oh, I was trying not to is. use the B word. It's so mean, so aggressive. And I didn't want to do that. But mm-hmm. damn, it was it was boring. Okay, I'm going to be real. Yeah. This was not a premium and live Cody, I love London. Cody but he's already not the super most exciting wrestler so you want to have somebody on the other side to give a little bit of counteract to that and Dominic can't counteract that at all right exactly <laughs> I like I have had this argument with people before right because I love Cody I'm a big Cody Rhodes fan but I have heard the argument of some people thinking that he's not that good and it really just depends on the opponent that he's in there with I don't necessarily agree with that but this Dominic Mysterio match doesn't necessarily help my argument it does not it it doesn't help my argument and I recognize that he's I love Cody, but he wrestles like a turtle. Like, he wrestles slow as hell. And if you need somebody, like, you have to have someone on the other side that's a hare that's going to fucking run fast, too. So then Maybe that's why him and Seth Rollins work so well together. Exactly, Denise. You see it. You Three see different exactly matches, three thing. different stories. Bang. Exactly. You see it. You, when you got the hare, as in Seth Rollins, Cody is at his finest. But if you got another turtle and Dominic, we're done. We're doomed. We're done. We're doomed. No, you can't have two turtles in one match. All right. That's that's, that's that's the thing that we're going to get at here. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and press <laughs> on from this. Uh, and let's go ahead and get into this super chat that I wanted to pull up here. Or maybe it was a humper chat. Oh, man, I'm going to get fired. Where are Uh-oh. we at? All right, here we go. This one was pissed. from Jake E. who says, WrestleMania UK, a response to AEW All In think so so this is in regards to the next segment which we're talking about and this is the john cena segment i mean you watch money in the bank yet you're going Mm -hmm. wait what john cena he wasn't promoted for the show Mm -hmm. well it was a surprise he came out and clearly got a big massive reaction and he's out there kind of talking for quite a while i'm not going to go down everything that he said but this basically pandering yeah, he was. He was. He was filling in there and really being this massive cheerleader for London, talking about how great London is and talking about how the people in the back didn't necessarily want to have these events because they thought that the London crowd would take over. He then puts them <laughs> over for being a great crowd. And then he says, I'm here because I want to see WrestleMania happen in London. Big, massive pop. Finally, eventually, after more talking, we finally get Grayson (laughs) Waller out there. And I liked the beginning of this Grayson Waller-John Cena exchange. And this was basically Grayson Waller saying, like, now we should have WrestleMania in Australia because Mm -hmm. London ain't shit. And so then this then leads to... a whole lot more talking between these two here. And Grayson tries to invite John Cena to WrestleMania in Australia to Mm -hmm. do the Grayson Waller effect and so that he can get the rub 
And John Cena's like, nah, I'm not doing that. And so that's pretty much what we get from this whole entire uh, situation here with Grayson Waller and John Cena. Of course, Grayson Waller uh, goes out there and tries to, um, you know, attack him. And then finally Cena hits him with the attitude adjustment. So uh, this was a long segment. Yes. What'd you think of it? I I liked it. The Cena pop at first. Massive, crazy. People are going insane, singing along to song. John Cena sucks. All the great elements. If they would have shaved five minutes off of this, this was would have been perfect. Like John Cena, it felt like he was repeating himself at a point. He was like, and then actually, and it's like there was great moments of this. Them announcing WrestleMania and the crowd going absolutely bananas. Like that's crazy. It's one of the craziest things I've ever heard. It was great. And Grayson Waller, I don't know what it is. I've already put him over in the show. I don't know what it is about Grayson Waller, but I'm such a huge fan of this guy. I don't have any idea why. I can't explain it. If you know Righteous Reg and what kind of wrestlers I like, you'd be like, why the? No way that you like this guy. He is really good at his job, and he is who you guys think LA Knight is. I'm going to keep, keep saying it to you. Right here on display, great. Like, you know, Denise, we've seen people in this position against John Cena and the crowd like that. They're dead. Like they can't like the crowd is going to eat him up. He didn't let the crowd eat him up. He kept talking through him because he knows eventually they're going to die down. And that's what they did. I was like, this guy's a pro. I like this guy taking the attitude adjustment. I liked a lot of it. The only thing is like, I agree with everybody else. Just a little too long. That's it. Okay. So I got to tell you, uh, I completely agree here with the stuff about Grayson Waller. I, you know, been covering, talking about him since his NXT days. And mm-hmm. if, for those that ever watch my NXT post shows, you know that I'm a fan of Grayson Waller. I think I that he's really is. good he's at really getting good. people to dislike him. And I know yes. that a lot of people make the comparisons to him and The Miz. I'm sorry. No. I can't tolerate The Miz. I can tolerate mm-hmm. Grayson Waller a whole lot more. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't bother me in that same kind of way that The Miz does. The Grayson does Waller's promos. like... Uh, jock that you want to punch out that's cool the Miz is like your annoying little brother that's just annoying like they're way different they're different types right. of, of LA guys you know exactly exactly and so for mm-hmm. me like I've always liked Grayson Waller in ring wise I thought that he's always been really good and clearly once he started going on the mic and they've always seen it you can tell that they've always seen something in Grayson because he's yeah. been getting the rub I mean he got the rub from AJ Styles on NXT before before exactly. we were even getting all of these main roster guys over to NXT to do little cameos and appearances even before that he was you know getting the rub from AJ so it was very clear right. then he had a whole program with Shawn Michaels mm-hmm. um, he, he, Shawn huge. Michaels doesn't get involved in the stories very often Mm -hmm. and he got involved there so they clearly saw a lot in Grayson Waller and now he gets this big moment with John Cena that was huge man Mm -hmm. um so yeah I agree I'm a big fan of Grayson Waller Uh, I do again also agree with the fact that they did go a little bit too long here but I did like um the highlights of everything here I did like them pumping up London for a possibility of and doing do you, this show. Do you think that's there's any validity to that? Do you think this is real? Do you think this is going to lead to London WrestleMania, Denise? I think they have to. You mentioned it. Like, why would you mention it and then not deliver yeah. on that? I mean, <laughs> clearly it's not so going to be mean, next year, yeah. right? Because next year we already know it's going to be in Philadelphia. So we're yeah. talking about they don't have the next one afterwards, huh? No, they haven't announced anything for after no, Philadelphia, so. right? No. no okay. So. so after Philadelphia, sure. For do London, man, that would be mm-hmm. incredible. Be uh, so incredible. I would love that. 
But we're talking about like two years from now. That's a yeah. long time to be out here planning the Grayson Waller effect. Yeah, yeah. Things are going to be – John Cena really is not going to be here in two years. There's no way he's going to be at that WrestleMania whenever it is. So, Oh, yeah, I did see somebody, somebody said in the chat something about Minnesota. I did see some talk in Minnesota. So okay. it, this could be in a couple of years. But, yeah, it would be mean and weird if they were like, do you guys want it? And then they're like, actually, <laughs> see you in 10 years. Like, what? Why did you tell up. us that, dude? Yeah, that's messed up. Now, the other thing is, and uh, okay, so I want to touch on, so clearly we can't wait for till they do this thing with Grayson Waller and John Cena. Yeah. So do you think we're going to see Grayson Waller or John Cena SummerSlam, or is that too soon? I Not don't possible? Think, I don't think we're ever going to see it. I think this was the most that we'll see of John. I think they just were like, we're having this big PLE. It's been over 20 years. The crowd's going to go crazy for Cena. Let's just have him go out there and kind of rock. Like exactly what he is. I don't think it's going to be when, when they were saying one more match, you see how he was like, nah, dude, like <laughs> I did that thing with Austin Theory and that was it, bro. So I think this was as must as we'll see with Waller and, and Cena. Okay. Yeah. I feel you on that. I feel you. So, I mean, it would be nice if they did something at SummerSlam, but I don't yeah. know. Um, The other thing, and I feel like we have to mention this too, is do you think they did this, brought this up as a direct response to AEW Wembley all in? One million percent. There's no way that they, it was John Cena, Denise. Like, you know, they were like, how can we really hammer this thing home? Let's get Cena to do it. We get Cena to go out there and we get Cena to, to show that the London fans love us. Then we're going to, yeah, this was directly a response to fucking all to all in and i'm not mad at it that's what they do but like don't sacrifice the uk fans for your little sick jokes or whatever like if this ends up with them not getting wrestlemania or taking a long time that's fucked up like they shouldn't be in the middle of this like you going out there and be like you guys like us more than them don't you and then you don't give them anything so give them something i'm excited they should do wrestlemania i know that the the time zone thing because look we just watched a show in the middle of the day it was at on at at noon for us to be so like yeah uh, that that's the thing that's going to get them but with the network and how these stuff works like you can make it work so easily it's a saturday man like i'll tune in yeah. i mean i tuned in today look at us we were there exactly. we watched we tuned and in regardless it's, it's in the uk we'll probably be there in real life so like true do it. true and they also in this teased if i'm australian and i'm watching this i'm going you mentioned australia too Give me can we get I a do. show? Like, can we get something? Yes. <laughs> if I'm in Australia right now, I'd be like, I'd be expecting a WrestleMania too, man. Mm -hmm. Like, let's do it. Like, I love these, you know, international shows. It's great stuff. Um, so speaking of AEW, um, we do have a, a super chat here from JR who says, Did you hear Triple H say during the presser that he and Drew laughed on the phone about the rumors around Drew's absence? Did they mean mm -hmm. AEW? Well, I did not see the presser since I'm here. So unfortunately, I would have to listen and hear them actually say it for me to um, speak on this. Uh, but any thoughts, uh, Reg? I mean, because they uh, I thought it was interesting when Drew came out and uh, Michael Cole was like, the rumors of uh, Drew Max blah, blah, are been made up or whatever. I was like, that's pretty interesting that they're trying to like emphasize that him being gone was bullshit even though it wasn't you fucking liars why wasn't he on tv if we're lying about it but uh <laughs> it could be that it seems like he's playing some fun games there triple h himself in the presser so i wouldn't see why it wouldn't be 
he tends to do like little jokes here and there. Yeah. Like he's very funny in these pressers and he likes yeah. to throw, he likes to get his shots in. I've seen it. I've heard it. I've seen it. Uh, Tom talks rubbish sends in a super chat saying Reg is one of my favorite creators and Denise is amazing too. Thank you, Tom, for the very nice comment. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. Um, okay. And now let's go ahead and uh, continue on from here and let's get into the rest of it. We got Carrie, Corey David, excuse me, who sends in a super chat saying, I believe John is, John is filming in London. So convenient. Oh, that's um, right. Yep. I had a couple of people yes. say that. I don't know his filming. Schedule, and he did so. the line from the viral video this week of him saying, can I just eat? Oh, yeah. Right? He did that yeah. in the promo, which I thought was like, good shit, Cena. He's, he's a pro. He's a pro. Yeah, he is. I saw that video, too. But like mm -hmm. my whole thing is like if you see someone eating and they're famous, don't go up to them. Just Dude. come on. They're eating. Well, it's just like, would you want somebody to interrupt you while you're stuffing your face? No. You're like, they'd get it. Even when the waiter comes and's like, how is it? And you're like mid-food. You're like, dude, I'm eating here. <laughs> you're trying to cover your mouth. You're like, well, yes, thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So doing that to a celebrity, think about this, you guys. Yeah. Yeah, imagine and then they're putting a camera in your face. Imagine you turn around, got a big old piece of spinach right in there, yeah, your teeth, and all of a sudden dude, it's on TikTok. I'm trying to eat egg rolls over here. Leave me alone. <laughs> that would be terrible. Um, alrighty, let's go ahead and continue on from this and uh let's get into the women's money in the bank ladder match. So we had EO Sky uh defeating Bailey, Becky Lynch, Zelina Vega, Zoe Stark, and Trish Jadis. Now, this was a hell of a lot of fun. Now we mentioned mm -hmm. earlier. Uh, that someone mentioned earlier that the men's match was more about the big spots and then the women's match was more about story. Yes. I feel like it, the part of the reason why I personally liked the women's match more was because they didn't have, again, these big, massive spots by any means, mm -hmm. but they had really creative spots throughout yes. the entire thing. There were little mm -hmm. things that were done. There was one moment where we saw Zelina Vega be pulled from her arms in between mm -hmm. the ladder. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen that before. We mm -hmm. saw Zelina Vega. Zelina Vega had a lot of really good moments, by the She's way. She's been cooking. Yeah, she mm -hmm. did one moment where she used the body of Trish Stratus as a bridge to cross from one ladder mm -hmm. to another ladder. We had everything uh, between Trish and Becky Lynch that anytime they can get their hands on each other, they were just going at it. We had, uh, you know, for the actual finish, getting to see... Um, First, Bailey kind of screw Io Sky and Io Sky getting her revenge by handcuffing mm -hmm. her and Becky Lynch, and then finally climbing up and getting the getting the uh, Money in the Bank briefcase. Little things like that made this match very, very creative. Uh, how'd you feel about the women's uh, Money in the Bank and Io Sky winning? I loved it. Great, great choice. That's who I wanted to win. That's who should win. She has been going crazy. After the momentum we saw that she had in, in Puerto Rico at Backlash, how that crowd was against her, it was like, you gots to pull the pull the pull the thing on uh, for EO and let her get this victory. Um, this is night and day with the men's match like we were talking about. The re exact reason they said in the chat, the exact reason why this match was better is because they used a story. They used innovative ways to get in and out of spots, innovative ways to use the ladder, different than what has been presented. The, it's been like this for a couple of shows where they do the men's and the women's match. The women's match usually cooks because they have to look at it from a whole separate lens than what it is. Anytime there's a men's match, you're like, all right, what are all the things we've been doing for 20 years? Let's try to incorporate them. The women have to go about it different ways. They, they have different ladders. They're different body types, different heights, different things. So everything has to work differently. And I thought it was on display. The women always, when they get the big opportunity to cook, they cook. And this match was really awesome. 
if this is leading to EO and Asuka, we're just blessed individuals to have this. But yeah, everything worked together. I thought them continuing the story with Trish and uh, Becky was great. Zoe Starks is looking good as as Becky's heat as Trish's heater and uh, Zelina. This combined with the with the backlash story, I think she is being set up for a good run and something that she's been deserved of for a long time. Really excited about this. Yeah, the women knocked it out of the park. The men should be ashamed of themselves. Get back out there and write it again. Do it again, you guys. Redo the Spanish fly. Come on, redo, redo it. Redo that Spanish fly and like not, like not murder each other, please. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, but I feel like it would be, we have to get EO Sky Oscar. What? Like if we did it, it'd be, feel like we got robbed. Yes. I mean, but they do like to rob people with these. True, true. All right. Andrew the Giant sends in a super chat saying, my six-year-old daughter survived till halfway through the main event, uh, 1120 here in the UK. She loves Roman, so don't know if she'll enjoy the end. Oh, poor thing. Yeah. But yeah, you're six years old. You're It's, it's a little hard to stay up past 11 sometimes, mm-hmm. of course, depending on your sleeping schedule. So I get it. Uh, yeah. Andrew, thank you so much for the super chat. Seriously. Um, okay, so let's go ahead and get into Seth Rollins and Finn Balor. Seth Rollins uh, retains against Finn Balor, retains his World Heavyweight Championship. I don't necessarily think many of us were expecting a title change here, but the way that it did happen was interesting, though, because for the most part, Finn Balor was getting his business done. And what? during this match, we <laughs> got Damian Priest. He goes out there, money in the bank briefcase holder, and he tends to kind of throw off Seth a little bit where mm-hmm. Seth is like looking at looking at him and going like, okay, like it's clear that he's trying to distract Seth, right? Like yeah. that was the the thing that we thought, right? You know, his homeboy there, Finn Balor is there. So this ends up kind of working against him because mm-hmm. instead Finn Balor ends up kind of getting distracted by Damian yeah, Priest. Yeah, Finn's the one distracted and yes, not Seth. Exactly. So mm-hmm. th- it was the other way because it started like that in the beginning. Like yeah. Seth was very uh, mm-hmm. cognizant that he mm-hmm. was there. Like he was expecting him to basically do something and then didn't. And then finally it was Finn Balor that had that moment of distraction. And this then allowed Seth Rollins to get the win. And what you got afterwards was a uh, argument between Finn Balor and Damian Priest, because it was clear that he cost him this match. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the only thing that was kind of interesting to me is I didn't like how Damian did come out at the end of the show. You should be teasing that you're going to go for both of those championships. Don't just put the emphasis on, on, on Seth. If you're going to beat Seth, at least tease that you're going to be getting Roman. They could at least show them in the back, like a tent, like some kind of thing to be like, and he also might try to rub up Roman too, to get his championship. But they just like, no, like ain't nobody going to beat him for that. Don't even think about it. You guys, which I also understand super fun match here. There was a lot of people thinking this week that Finn might pull out the victory. And I love that what Finn's been doing as a heel. He's been incredible. I think the breakup of him and Damian Priest, I think they probably get Priest and him at SummerSlam. Be a great match. They've been telling some great stories. I think uh, Judgment Day is so hot, but they're going to break up and add new members. So it's like a lot going on there. I think they're telling some good stories. And then Seth Rollins has been on a great run as the World Heavyweight Champion. I think all the matches have been great. And him just defending it every day, every week, probably going to defend it on Raw, is like great for the championship and great for his uh, his resume. 
Yeah, I think you're definitely right on that with all of that you touched on there. And then I, I got wasn't done seeing Seth Rollins, you know, as world heavyweight yeah. champion. I no. think that they've done a lot of good for Finn Balor heading into this feud and with the actual match itself. And I like that now we kind of know what to expect on Monday, which is going exactly. to be clearly we're going to see some words exchanged here with the judgment day. So we'll see about that. But let's go ahead and get into this main event. We have Jey Uso and Jimmy Uso uh, defeat Roman Reigns and Solo Sokola, but the big thing here is that Jey Uso pinned Roman Reigns to uh-huh. actually get this. Now, we I thought that the match kind of started off very, very the slow. slow. Mm-hmm. The crowd made up for it like, oh, my God, they were working with those yeah. chants with everything phenomenal. But then, of course, we get the referee bump, which we always get. And mm-hmm. so then things kind of started to feel just a tad bit predictable. But it ended up going to the point where we ended up getting all of these super kicks, Superman punches. We got spears. I mean, it was a Lollapalooza of just action going on. Mm-hmm. And... um. Solo Sokoa does a splash on the outside. He tries to get Jimmy. Jimmy moves out of the way. So this kind of eliminates Solo Sokoa out of this. And there's a moment where uh, Jimmy Uso, excuse me, Jay is about to get pinned. And instead he kicks out. But when he kicks out, he mm-hmm. hits Roman Reigns right in the nuts. And mm-hmm. so um, this obviously affects that. But we do see Jay defeat roman get that pin to get the actual win here like this was nuts uh how did you feel about the match and how did you feel about the outcome first roman reigns lost since december 19 2019 whatever they they said a million times yeah i thought it started off kind of slow hated the ref bump the ref bump is really the only uh issue that i had with any part of this match because why like it in the end you didn't even need it you could have found a different way to get into those same spots only thing I complained about the match, the ending was awesome. I thought that them teasing the whole match of Roman and Jay kind of being like in this, like we're beefing and, and Jimmy being like, this is what you've been waiting for. Beat this fool up, beat this fool's ass. Roman, of course, in these big moments is great. He has great facials. The way that he bumps when the Usos get into their super kicking mode, the way that he takes a double super kick is so great. Like it's such a great bump every time. And, um, he played a great role. Solo also played a really great role, had a lot of great facials. When Roman tells him to tag a man and Solo just looks at him like, I'm handling business. And Roman's is like, nah, man, it's my turn to handle business. Solo looked awesome, beating his brother's ass for a lot of that. The spike, the Samoan spike and the spear combo, great stuff. Um, yeah, the ending of this, though, I think is something we've been waiting for for so long. We've been waiting for this exact moment. Great execution. Uso's kicking out of being double stacked. That uh, that false finish was beautiful. Crowd went nuts again. Again, crowd stayed hot for the whole show, like super hot. Like at the end, they were just as hot as they were at the beginning. Always plays for a great wrestling crowd. And then the Uso's getting the victory, this big win. Does this lead to Roman Reigns and Jay Uso at SummerSlam, Denise? I feel like that would be, uh, you know, again, full circle type of moment. But mm-hmm. there was something else that I want to mention, and that is that we ended up getting there was a small moment where Roman Reigns kind of looked like super frustrated, like he was going to oh, give up already, yeah. right after after oh, after the kick, the after both mm-hmm. those kicked out when he stacked them up on top of each other. The moment that you mentioned, but after that, he looked like he was really, really just like frustrated and Sola Sokoa mm-hmm. kind of took charge after this. I he had this part. moment of like 
get up. Like he even had like mm-hmm. the motioned it to Roman Reigns, like to get up. And I liked that little bit where it kind of felt, I almost feel like if I'm solo Sokoa, I see as like Roman Reigns failed us. Roman Reigns failed us in this victory. He's not the tribal chief that I Mm -hmm. imagined because he failed us in this moment. And I was the one that tried to like, you know, get us back up there. And so little things like that gave me something to read into because I didn't know if Solo Sokoa was going to turn on Roman Reigns tonight or what was Mm going to happen. I really did not. Uh, And we should have known the second this match was made the main event, it was very clear that something had to happen. And that Mm -hmm. moment was, of course, Roman Reigns getting pinned. But again, I didn't think the match itself was great the last couple Mm -hmm. of minutes. It's were very exciting though, and seeing yeah. Roman Reigns get pinned was like a oof, it finally happened. And right. yeah, I would be so down to see Jey Uso and Roman Reigns at um, you know, SummerSlam. Yeah, that moment that you talked about, that was a great moment of Roman being like, Damn, maybe I can't beat these guys. And Solo just gets in, starts pounding both of them. He's like, Come on, bro, you're supposed to be the t- tribal chief. I'm following you. Why am I leading the way? And then Roman kind of like shaking his head, like, No, you're right, let's let's get these fools was great i loved it i love it a great ending to the match a lot of it was slow a lot of it started to feel like roman plunder but they stuck the landing they did they stuck the landing there you go that's right um all right so we got a couple of humper chats here to read uh this one is from uh jake nile who says uh have extreme rules in sydney australia where instead of weapons there's just australian wildlife surrounding the <laughs> ring no thanks have you seen spiders those videos? yes the jumping <laughs> spiders that are like so huge I'm chill. no like way it. i would die i wouldn't even care i would just be like nope not doing this match dead done no mm-hmm. thanks uh we have another super uh, humper chat from Just Miles who says, "Join the live super late since Ellie Knight didn't win Money in the Bank. Should he win Rumble, or are we still Team Cody on that?" From also, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much to Just Miles. I don't think. I have a person that I want to win the Royal Rumble. It's just too soon for me. I can't jump ahead this much. Gunther, that's the only one I could think of at the moment, but that could change. I could be my homie Grayson Waller. Shout out to Grayson Waller. I actually like the idea of Gunther winning. Now that yeah. you said it, I'm like, hmm, I didn't mm-hmm. have anybody. But now, mm-hmm. hmm, there's something mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I already read the other super chat there that we had from earlier, which was the from Annie B. Uh, but I read that one already. Uh, so there we go. Uh, oh, my gosh. All right. So that was Money in the Bank overall. They gave us some pretty noteworthy stuff to actually go ahead and talk about. Uh, Before we go, uh, we do have a a quick word here uh, from our sponsor. (sighs) Let's be real. Big nasty pubes are gross. You want that tree to stand taller. Sometimes you got to do a little bit of landscaping. Sometimes you got to do a little bit of manscaping. With manscaped.com. And that code FIFA, you're going to save 20% off your order and get free shipping. What a deal. And how about this? They've got a ton of deals on that site. they got a lot of bundles, a lot of packages to help out your package. But it's not just your package. It's your body. It's your hair. they got deodorant. They've got shampoo. They've got foot deodorant. they got ball toner. they got everything at manscaped.com. And when you use that code FIFA... Get 20% off your order and free shipping. Just a plethora of different options. Maybe you want to try a little bit of everything. Maybe you just want to try one thing. Well, Manscaped and the code Fightful will get you there. Make that tree stand taller and trim it up a little bit with Manscaped. 
All righty, and we are back here. Trim it up a little bit. Get that Manscape support our sponsor. We got a super chat here from Jason PS3 who says, now that Roman got pinned, it'll make Cody beating Roman at next year's WrestleMania less impactful. No, I don't think so because the point also now stands is, yeah, he got pinned, but he still got the title. He still right. got the championship. Yes. Now who takes the championship. That was also a very egregious end of the show when Wade Barrett was like, What's next for Roman Reigns? What can he do? He's still the world champion, dude. At the end of the day, like even if this whole world falls apart, he's still the main guy. He's still the head of the table because he's the champ. So why are you trying to sell it like his whole world's falling apart? If anything, it's fine because he's still the champion. But, you know. Exactly. It's just that his world is a little bit mightier than ours. He's the tribal chief, man. He's the tribal chief. So clearly they're going to, you know, make this really seem like all, all like the world's ending because he got pinned. But yeah, it's still the championship that to me is like the main thing. Like I care way much more about that than I do about the actual pin. Moneybag sends in a super chat saying, do you guys think that Roman needs at least one good face run before retiring rather than going out as a heel? Um, Oh, for sure. There's still so much more there with Roman as a face in the future i don't think he's gonna go out as heel i think this i mean you see the way that the crowd already there's already a lot of roman fans and i think that eventually at the end of all this bloodline shit he'll be a monster baby face again so yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Moneybags, thank you so much for the super chat. All righty, so that was our show. But before we wrap up, uh, Reg, please let the people know where they can follow you, where they can show you some love. Uh, I was going to say at, on Twitter, but nobody can follow anybody on Twitter because Twitter's crumbling before our eyes. So you can see me every Saturday morning on the Fightful Network, Grab City Podcast, Philip Lindsay. Every uh, Wednesday, I'm on with Mike Early for Indeed. And now every single Wednesday night, post Dynamite with my co-host here today, Denise. We are getting lit about Dynamite. It's so much fun. You guys definitely want to check that out. On Thursdays, uh, every other Thursdays, Ask Grapsody on Fightful Select. And I'm on with Kate on the fight uh, the ROH post show. So you can see me at a lot of places and probably some more here in the future because we getting lit, all right? That's for sure. Broadway Joe sends in a super chat saying the ending sequence to this match was exactly the same. Double kicks then splash to when Jay spent uh, Jay pinned Roman the first time way back in like 2013. Thank you, Broadway Joe, for sending in this super chat. All righty, guys, that is it for today. You guys know where to find me, youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. If you guys haven't already checked out the channel, please do. It really mean a whole lot to me. I post tons of content as Reg mentioned, we now do the AEW Dynamite post show together. The California Connection is going strong each and every single Wednesday. But we got plenty more there, youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. Please do not forget to subscribe to Fightful and FightfulSelect.com. And we'll catch you guys on the next one. Bye, everyone.